Welcome to Shackles. Spirituality without the fluff. Simple questions answered simply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shine Waves Podcast with me, I, Stevie, and we have... Mia. And we have... Nikki. Little Zen Nick. <laughs> Little Zen Nick and Curly Mia. Yep. So, yeah. We're in a random conversation. Well, actually, we were looking and thinking about a random conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this one popped into my head, so we're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. It's how spirituality can actually help treat mental health conditions. And it's very, very in-depth. Yeah. And it's very complicated, but we're going to defluff it because that's what we do around here. Okay, so, so basis. Basis. Basis, anything to do with mental health is known as psychotherapy. Okay. But when we apply it into a spiritual realm or a spiritual aspect of a realm, I'm going to move this mic around a wee bit. Um, it's, uh, there's a very specific name. It's called Spiritually Augmented Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Slow that. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritually augmented cognitive behavioral therapy. So okay. if you were to defluff that, what would be the kind of generic So it basically like? takes the spiritual values out of cognitive behavior therapy and applies it within the realm of spirituality. Okay. So acceptance, hope, um, the other uh, forgiveness, the active meaning and purpose of life. Mm-hmm. Most mental health issues bec- uh, occur when we feel like we don't have an out of any sort. So mm-hmm. therefore yes. it becomes over anxious and we ha- create a disorder. We're always trying to find this like exactly. point of happiness, of fulfillment. So the most common one, which is one that a lot of people don't want to talk about, especially when it comes into a spiritual realm, is the, the, the purpose between life and death and what happens after death and mm-hmm. what happens. And some people get so lost in that in their own brain and so overwhelmed with it that it actually causes mental anxiety disorders. It can probably cause a lot more illness. Mm-hmm. Way more. Yeah. Dharma, we call it Dharma in here, or divine purpose, is yes. actually the core reason why people uh, are sitting in mental health imbalances because they don't know the sole purpose. They don't know what their role is in life. They don't know their role within the family. They don't know their role within work. They don't know with the, even within their friend mm-hmm. narratives. Yeah, very disconnected. So not disconnected per se, just not knowing where they fit in. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have multiple different mindsets, especially in Canada where it's so culturally diverse and we take aspects of different cultures yes. and we apply them to our everyday life. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there and we then we have this expectation within our family role that we have to perform in that ratio and then we have another one within our friends where we have to perform in that and that creates massive amount of mental imbalances then take into consideration the pandemic we've been going through for two years increased house prices increased gas prices mm-hmm. more stress more yeah. anxiety it, it's just it's literally like a, what I call a pyramidic emotional response syndrome Mm. So it's like multiple little micro emotional imbalances stacking on top of each other to the pinnacle of that peak of the pyramid. You, you explode either mentally yep, or emotionally. Yeah. It's been a lot of consuming. Yeah. Good or bad. So how do we treat it? As energy therapists, we automatically go energy, emotion, yeah. limbics, yes. um, meditation techniques, uh, breathing techniques, mindfulness techniques. But there's so much more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to it. And that's why I thought I would just elaborate it on a bit. Because when you use that term, like spiritual augmented cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, people go, what? And like we did? Yeah, like you did. <laughs> but as I said, it's a, a documented term. You can look at it through multiple science dailies. It is a technique that is applied to certain people who do not fit the westernized medicine mindset mm-hmm. and therefore require that extra or deeper variation on a spiritual level and that's why it is actually classified as a spirit or a scientific term and i feel like with the disconnection that makes people a lot more connected to themselves and their surroundings we see that's the problem the more the uh, uh, lower our baseline you know genetics wants us to be tribes we want Mm -hmm. to work in tribes Mm -hmm. yes the other aspect of this that we kind of ignore and push aside is our want to have solidarity as well in order to express and find ourselves mm-hmm. so most people associate when it comes to mental health you know they do one of two things they either totally ignore the person or they 
overwhelm the person yeah. and it's finding balance within them two practices um, one of the easiest ways to analogize that I know there's like three or four major key areas but one of them is called uh, empathetic listening mm-hmm. just sit down and listen be a soundboard one of my core things and I've said it to a lot of people I ask do you want comfort or solution mm-hmm. so knowing that in that that moment that they want comfort they want just to be heard mm-hmm. and expressed and allowed to be expressed non-judgmentally in that moment what we do is we actually allow that person to vent empathetically without us having influence mm-hmm. then we go the other direction solution do you want a solution do you want me to help you work this out but both are just as important to each other we have to sit and we have to listen to the person and we have to allow them to process what we're saying to them when we want to help we, we all have this nature especially in this spiritual business where we want us all to you know nurture and help a person yeah. sometimes they're not ready for that level they're just ready to open up and that's where we have to empathetically sit back and, and just listen just listen just be, be a signboard mm-hmm. the other thing is uh encouragement of that emotional expression that's huge if you want to cry 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 in front of me i'm not going to judge you i'm yes. here mm-hmm. let it go you know and get to the root of it with them uh, one of the things that i find in especially paramatic emotional response syndrome is they're all collectives of the same emotion and they work on the ones that are the most recent but they don't work on the memory association that comes with it mm-hmm. because every emotion we have comes with a memory and vice versa yeah, yeah. we don't actually remember the situation we remember the emotion that we felt that we in that felt, situation yeah. and so that memory association especially with emotion allows us to find the key trigger points and talk through them yeah. so when people are getting it now was especially in current climate we're actually seeing the effects of trauma and emotional trauma that happened maybe six seven eight years ago mm-hmm. that's now just going to head because it's mm-hmm. a repeat or a trigger repeat of I the same the emotion story you told me when there was just the different the same size but mm-hmm. like the sister brother got like a tiny bit more oh the ice cream theory yeah yep. the ice cream theory so and yeah yeah there was uh, two siblings one was older mm-hmm. and the ice cream theory just allowed us um, to understand that that ice cream being bigger there's a pre-cognitive association the older person should get a bigger one because of right of age yeah and it actually caused a self-esteem and self-worth mm-hmm. issue just like that tiny little thing that can completely yeah, but like you said that like it's you know irrelevant yeah but the fact of the matter is that's that? my personal story mm-hmm. i actually suffered from that for like 30 years no and, way yeah that's my personal story so me and my younger brother went to an ice cream parlor. We've got medium cones, as we call them back yeah. there. Uh, whippies, I think you call them here, whipped ice cream. And uh, yeah. his was bigger than mine. And I had a self-esteem issue and a inferiority uh, complex for 30 years until I worked it out. Oh. So that's actually my personal story. Wow. I just fluff it so people don't realize it. Yeah, you can <laughs> fluff it. Yeah. So. <laughs> that explains why the first time it was a brother and sister, and the second time mm. I heard you say it, it was two sisters. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I apply the situation. Obviously, you know. It, but it makes sense. It does. And inferiority yeah, complex can be, can be so insignificant. Yeah. And then we approach people, well, you know, I'm going through debt, and I've had, you know, had a grief, and I've lost a pet, or, you know, I've lost my job, my life's in disarray. And that person who's sitting with an inferiority complex doesn't get to voice their emotion Mm -hmm. because they feel like in comparison that it's inferior when in reality they're both traumas they're both traumas and you both have to be addressed and they both have to be seen yep it's always going to be something that can hold you down yeah exactly when we apply to to eating so say they come to us and we we go right i want a solution to this issue Mm -hmm. there's three steps that we have to take as practitioners where we have to set a very clear and concise boundary that we're not here to be a crutch we're not here to hold your hand you have to work through your you know the depths of this crap that's in your head and in your emotion and we have to get to the root of it and you have to work through it mm-hmm. as a therapist it's really hard to set that boundary because everything that we are we want to help that help. person no matter what mm-hmm. and that's the biggest mistake that we make within the cognitive behavioral therapy science is we force the outcome on the person we problem solve it for them mm-hmm. when that's not what they need they just need comfort in that moment yeah. and when we build it up 
incrementally like that, we get into a situation where we cannot actually heal or help that person in any way because their mind is so overwhelmed by you trying to fix the problem Mm -hmm. that you're not actually hearing the problem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we hear without hearing, see without without seeing, speak without speaking. So when we get into that mindset and that theory, what we're actually doing is we are pre-cognitively solving a problem that they haven't even expressed yet mm-hmm. it's just because we have the experience of seeing it on a multitude of levels but yeah. everybody's instance and everybody's case is different yeah everyone's at a different pace too yeah some people are audible some yeah. people you can talk to them about it and they'll pick it up some people are visual some people need the practical physicality like i need you to sit down and show me what this practice yeah. is mm-hmm. and that's where we come in with the use of like meditation am simple prayer or affirmational work mm-hmm. all that mindfulness work i think it falls under the umbrella here mm-hmm. and all these little stagnations within each of these practices can you actually totally reverse cognitive behavior if you're focused on the outcome and the outcome is to be better than you were the day before it's not better than you were a month ago or or a year ago ago. it's literally just improve one thing better than you did the day before each day is a different day Mm -hmm. so So how do we do it yeah how do we do it so if I, I'm coming in, yeah. this is where we're going to shoot out ideas here, right? Yeah. I'm coming in and I'm like, I'm appearing happy, but you just know. You know that knowing you get? Yeah, the mask. That, that personal mask, and you just know there's something not right. Yeah. How do we do it? How do we approach that person? I think if someone came to the store, the first thing I would do is simply ask how their day's going. Yeah, but what if I lie? Which most people do. Yeah. Which every person does. I don't care who you are. Every person tells white lies All the just time. to eradicate or to deflect what they're truly feeling in yeah. that moment. And that's what yeah. I'm trying to get at. Sure. It's really hard until that person has taken the first step to say, I need help. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They won't. And that's where this aspect of scientific approach to it doesn't work. And that's what I'm trying to say. You know, we have the scientific label that has been scientifically studied, but we don't study the one thing that most spiritual people have, which is the intuition. Yeah. And the intuition to help that person, even though they're saying they don't need help. And sometimes it's just that moment of, I call it shock therapy, where I just read them and go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, you got yeah, this, you this, this. Yeah, definitely do that. But that's my way of opening them up and say, okay, I understand you need help. My intuition is screaming at me that you need help. Mm-hmm. But here, this proves that I can see what you're going through, and then I step back mm-hmm. and I and go. You watch them soften, yeah, well, or at least not, I witness it. Well, it's it's not the softening; it's the fact that their brain realizes, okay, I can't hide this no more. Well, that's and then what that's I mean. When you transition to the listening aspect, and I go straight into listening. Yeah, I go straight into listening. Yeah, then at that point, they want to open up. They feel so safe and secure. I think everybody wants to open up, but nobody feels safe enough to open. So up. how do we get? How do we educate our our listeners and getting them to open up? for themselves, by themselves. That's my point. You know, meditation is obviously one. Yeah. Uh, do this, as, as they say, the shamanic three, sing, laugh, and dance. Yes, <laughs> which I've been it. doing ever since you suggested I make sure every day I carve out time to sing, dance, and laugh. Like but make it sure. makes you feel better, I've right? I've definitely been feeling better. And that's, mm. that's one thing. It's, it's just anything that's any sort of improvement, even if mm. it's on a micro scale for an hour a day, can boost you long term so uh, again just like we have the negative pyramidic emotional response we yes. also have the positive, positive aspect of that if we do the little things the self-affirmations we do the, the likes of the singing the dancing mm-hmm. the laughing or journaling is another one mm-hmm. nature walks is one of the most profound you can do because you're literally embracing and uh, we did that the other day it was it was, it was amazing epic. we didn't realize how long we were going to be out yeah and that's but the beauty it was like of it two, hour, two and a half hours, two and a half later. hours later yeah and you're just walking just and you're just nice. loving it and you're embracing the moment yeah. and sometimes it's because our brain is so focused on what's coming that we have a pre-cognitive defense in place. in place so if we like it's like going into work if you go into work and you're not liking going your work or you are upset about your work or you know that work's going to be stressful you're predetermining a mental state before you even walk through the door mm-hmm. And your brain gets used to that. So if you do that three or four times out of the week, before you know it, every single day, you're going to hate going into work. Yep. Instead of finding one positive, that one person that you click with in work or that one person you, you talk with a lot in work. You and you, you start to miss that hmm. because your brain knows that that's the best part of my day. Hmm. It's not the fact that you're going to work. And I think that one of the major practices that is overlooked to a degree 
but also how would you say frowned upon is the fact of deflection to of that emotion so when you're deflecting if you go in emotionally charged you're going to feel emotional all day if you mm-hmm. go in more reserved in your emotion because your emotion's a gift right your energy is mm-hmm. a gift so people around you having that love and that nurturing thing is something they have to earn it's not freely given and that's I find that people give away that emotional power too easily way too mm-hmm. easily so then everybody goes like well I'm drained uh, you know I, I've got this person relying on me I've got this well you actually set that up in your mindset mm-hmm. so and that causes so much more stress to your body because you're not only worried about your own stuff now you're worried about all Everybody these other people's around you and then your bills and then your stresses yeah. and as I say the family expectations the work expectations all these narratives and paradigms that we've sort of been shoved into mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're so overwhelmed that these people move forward and we're the one that takes the hit mm-hmm. yes and that's <laughs> where we mess up yeah and the biggest struggle too is like not knowing how to set boundaries just simple boundaries say no yeah it's the hardest thing it's in the not planet even just setting them it's standing Sti- by yeah. them yeah, because Even once you break it once, that's it. It's no longer a yeah, boundary. It's no longer a boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's what one of the things that I find a lot of people, including myself, has been very guilty of. If you have somebody who's a regular, especially as a client or is coming into the store on a regular basis, we tend to let up, get, you know, develop a soft spot for yes. them. Yeah. And that soft spot, so, so, you know, within a month can turn from a soft spot into this massive knife in your back every time you say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so it's, it's, it's the expectation. Mm. But the expectation should fall by yourself. Should you not agree? You know, the expectation mm-hmm. shouldn't be set. You know, you set a clear set of boundaries. And I was saying this to a mm-hmm. client the other day. If you're setting boundaries, that's for every person in your life. Family, friends, yeah. work colleagues, everything. That same boundary has to be in place. If you're tangible in any part of that, then it's not a boundary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a cognitive thought. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it becomes anxiety. Because now you have to worry, am I overstepping a boundary here? Am I allowing this person in? You become so engrossed in the process of setting the boundary that the boundary is actually not there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe in my experience is consistency of mindset and mindfulness, consistency of uh, spiritual or meditative techniques mm-hmm. is crucial to people moving forward. I am the worst meditator on the planet. I hate meditation. Mm-hmm. I can openly say that, and I will say this. I hate meditating, the sit down, cross your legs, take your breath. I don't like it. I do walking meditations. Yeah. So when I'm walking in nature, I'm meditating. I'm mm-hmm. gone. My, yeah. my soul, my body is just connecting with everything, and it's not something I have to get into. It's no, something no. that's naturally occurring. Yeah. I feel the same way. I need movement. I need movement with mm. meditation. And that's what people, mm. that, that's, I say, that's the misconception. Everybody thinks, oh, well, you, I, I have to sit there and close my eyes. Yeah. And then I was talking about it. You can do it open, you can do it walking, you can do it dancing. It can be literally anything. One of the best that I heard is swimming. I, you I get into the rhythm of your breath. Amazing. Well, yeah. well, you get into the breath work and then you get into the, you know, the cardiovascular movement yeah. and your blood's flowing and all of a sudden you become one with the water. And that is by definition meditating, becoming one with your surroundings and yeah. quietening your mind. That was definitely my meditation growing up, always swimming everywhere I could go. Mind That's awesome. Dance. Yeah. 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 But everybody's got their own, right? You don't have to sit everybody's down and got just their own. shut your eyes and quote unquote shut off your mind because a lot of people also think meditation is shutting off your mind and just not it's allowing not. yourself to think but you well, need to accept the other, the other part of meditation and that's why we have so many different techniques out there is we automatically assume because one person has one outcome we have the same outcome mm-hmm. yeah no, so, it never <laughs> happens <coughs> there's always a different outcome near swallowing me throat yeah. there <laughs> anyway but just because you've won outcome, so say, Niggy, you have you go into meditation and you end up floating off in this beautiful paradise beach, and Mia, you go in and you're floating around Pluto because you're very high spirited, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I haven't left the room. Mm-hmm. That's you're an like audit. The clock ticking and yeah. all these things. Yeah, and all of that, even though you don't realize it, is still stillness of your mind because you're like the clock ticking you're becoming aware of your surroundings Mm. and that's another thing they don't have to have these big profound physical or mental or even subconscious expressions it can be so subtle it's so subtle and that's what i'm learning too in reiki it's so subtle well you're working on subtle bodies and your your brain and aspects of your brain are subtle as well so it's just knowing that 
it's never going to be profound for everybody, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. Yeah. And as I say, pr- prayer, no matter who you pray to, if you're praying to the universe, the divine, a specific deity or mm-hmm. spe- specific ideology, prayer gives you faith, which gives you hope, which boosts your serotonin, which keeps takes your anxiety away. Exactly. So consistency is the key to mental health. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I'm going to do this until I feel better. It's when you feel better that you must continue exactly. it in order to become a habit Mm -hmm. and that habit aspect is where i think a lot of people feel because even if we look at it on the as we call it the beach body season we're in that now we're coming into the spring and everybody's going to work out because it's beach well they're going to work like crazy to get this beach bod and then after beach bod season after we're in the fall everybody's like "Mm, i can't be bothered yeah they stop doing it because they've reached that kind of point where they're like oh i feel good and i don't have to do it anymore because i reached that and that's the point where the continuance is very very important to our mind Mm -hmm. because our brain even if you look at that exercise aspect with the physical exercise Mm -hmm. you're literally going through you're releasing serotonin and dopamine every day and then you stop doing it what's the first thing you're going to do seasonal depression syndrome yeah Mm -hmm first thing that hits why because your body is so used to these high endorphins and serotonin running through it and then it quits and then all of a sudden you're like mm, what am i doing i'm depressed i hate this weather i hate the snow i hate the cold no it's because you've quit your pattern Mm-hmm. Exactly, and your brain nothing is. Nothing to look forward to at that moment. It's not even to look forward to. Your brain is so used to having that content of mm-hmm. serotonin and them endorphins running your body, and then you're starving yourself. So you literally are going into kind of like uh, an addictive withdrawal. Yeah, and that's the weird thing about how our mind works. Like I, I've studied so many different studies on different aspects of how the mind works, cognitively, subconsciously, and even how it reacts with different sort of, uh, parts of the body, the endocrine, the lymphatic, all the rest of it. And I study it because I want to understand why me not walking one day affects me so badly. Mm-hmm. Why me not meditating one day affects me so badly. And the only way we can associate that and the only consistent thing right across every study is to be consistent Mm -hmm. so the consistency is in being consistent yeah and then that improves your mental health and improves it and leaves you less susceptible um, to certain bacterial diseases virus diseases we're not talking about it but we know what i'm hinting at here Mm -hmm. and it leaves that your body has a natural defense because Mm -hmm. it's got a higher endorphin ratio you feel better so therefore you're more good stuff your blood's flowing all you know even the benefits of settling the mind produces endorphins Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i have weird stuff that i do to produce endorphins everybody has their own pattern Mm -hmm. but it's an expectation oh i'm i'm spiritual i'm in the spiritual community i have to meditate i have to do yoga i have to do this you don't have to do anything you just have to see what makes you feel happy and if it makes you feel good makes you feel happy that's what you need in your life at Mm -hmm. that moment and having the the power of conviction of your own mind to say no i'm not doing this today because i don't feel good is more powerful to you long term than upsetting that person short term mm-hmm. and that's my personal beliefs on it mm-hmm. yeah. and i've seen the effects of that as i said well one of the shortest words in the english dictionary is no and it's the hardest people to do without emotional attachment and that's positive emotional attachment or negative emotional attachment so if we say no and then we get guilty afterwards you may as well have said yes yeah you may as well yeah because mm-hmm. you, you're going to have the same results you're going to lower your immune system you're going to lower your own mental health stability and then you feel responsible for these other people yeah. other people's lives aren't your business no and when you start to feel that it becomes your business is when you start to take the emotional burden off that mm-hmm. you're literally saying empathetically i'm going to take your emotion i'm going to add it to my own and before you know it you're wearing six people's emotional jackets mm-hmm. That's heavy. That's heavy. And then, the, yeah, and it always starts in a spiral. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just about balance. I find that's yeah. my that's my it's, yeah. It's about breaking that one habit. I'm producing a good habit. Good one yeah. in its place. Yeah. What was the way I was told? Every single day, I look in the mirror and pick one good thing about yourself. Hmm. So even if you hit the rest, pick one good thing. Yeah. Because that's something you can focus on. Mm-hmm. And remember that every day is a lesson. If you treat every instance as being a lesson, either a divine lesson or like a karmatic lesson, yeah. for the want of a better term, since we're talking about within the spiritual uh, aspect, if you if you look at it as everything being a lesson, it means you can drop it faster. Mm-hmm. 
So if somebody hurt you or somebody annoyed you, instead of going into that revenge mindset or the woulda, coulda, shoulda mindset, as I call it, mm-hmm. what if I had done this? I should have said that. I could have d- done something yeah. about this. Well, then all you're doing is weighing your brain or your mind down mm-hmm. all the time. So in that moment, well, you've actually, where you could have just said, okay, that's a lesson. Next time, if I get triggered like that, I know I can react differently. I will speak my truth. And in that moment, you've learned a lesson that you won't, practice again therefore raising your mental health and the one thing about mental health it is personal and it's very applicable to each person Mm -hmm. every person on the planet at some stage suffers from a bout of mental health disorder the problem is it's not judged because it's not physical just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't there and people Mm -hmm. say well you know one of the most common things that i get from a lot of clients that i work with is the fact that their mental health is associated with just lying down and being in the room and want to segregate in that solidarity and that's fine that doesn't just because they do it that way doesn't mean that they're not sick it's not a case of them being lazy it's not a case of them you know not wanting to be or be awkward or being socially mm-hmm. awkward it's the fact that that's the way they cope and we have to recognize the signs if somebody is sitting in their room all the time segregating irritable moody they need help that was me uh, it's, for a lot of oh yeah it's, a lot of my younger years it's me sometimes even right even now, now yeah, yeah. My so you know, isolation heaven it uh, but it's not the heaven. isolation it, i think uh my my process on it it's a subconscious cry for help I we want so. somebody to acknowledge the mm-hmm. fact that we have an issue and we are either too embarrassed to say about it or there's an expectation that we shouldn't feel like that, especially yeah. from a masculine perspective. And I'm not being no, sexist no. in any way, but masculine mental health is no, totally ex- blown over. The amount of times I've heard a guy say, I don't cry. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Cry. I cry like a cry. baby sometimes. Not, just not cry, but like, yeah. I don't feel. Yeah, they, they, they say it so bluntly. So. I don't do that. Well, you see, there's the other aspect of that is there's two firms. And this comes from expectation through family, friends, mm-hmm. and partners. Yeah. A partner, uh, and I'm not, this is scientific, I'm not being sexist. I want to point that out. Men generally um, will go into what's called fight mode if they're backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas women generally go into communication mode. It's only when it gets too far that women come out fighting. Men are genetically built to protect you put us in a corner, we're going to protect ourselves, we're going to come out fighting. Mm-hmm. We don't have that freeze capacity in that moment, mm-hmm. whereas women do. Mm-hmm. And that's when men tend to shut down. Mm-hmm. When they feel like they're being backed off and they know it's a bad thing to do. Okay, I can't react like this because of the situation, it could be a partner, it could be yeah. you know, a family, I can't react to so they shut down. Yeah. And in that moment of shutdown, they've told their brain, every time that that comes in, I have to shut down. I can't communicate. I can't talk about it. I just have to shut down. Mm-hmm. It becomes cognitive throughout your whole life. And every guy goes through it. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Every single guy in the world goes through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not d- d- dismissing women don't go through it either. We do have certain cultural differences and certain cultural expectations where women don't have the voice that they should. We mm-hmm. should be equal. If a woman or a man wants to express their true emotions, they should not be judged. That's mm-hmm. my view. Absolutely. I just want to point that out for yeah. the, no, you yeah. know. because Even I, with my two brothers, like I, I've seen just rather than the communication side, mm-hmm. it's a lot more... Um, of a louder tone and it's just a lot of it's a lot of aggression yeah Mm -hmm. quicker to anger and it's quicker to spiral yeah men are more likely to commit suicide Mm -hmm. that's that's a weird fact that's even that point is even talked about enough either that's Mm -hmm. something that would be brought up in some of my social circles um the mental health of men and but uh, yeah, and I, I don't. It's not like I'm segregating, you know, women issues and men issues. What I'm just trying to say, mental health is not given the proper attention mm-hmm. as much as physical medical help. I agree 100%. And if we apply the same principles and triage as we do to physical imbalances yeah. and physical injury as mm-hmm. we do to mental injury we wouldn't have as many depressed people well yeah like yeah, just I like agree. you said just because you can't see it and then i'm going to go hard. really controversial and say it the very other way depressed people make money oh big pharma love depression they love depressed people. they yeah. love keeping you down they love making you feel like crap they love putting a chemical in your body that makes you feel worse so you become reliant on it they mm-hmm. love keeping you sick yeah. let's make that clear because as they soon do. as you run out of something you have to buy more and because it, it comes with an addiction exactly. your brain has created a placebo that you need that chemical in your mm-hmm. body in order to feel good 
Yeah. And there's plenty of natural things. I read a, uh, it was a study, and it must have been about 10 years ago, where a handful of cashew nuts is the equivalent of a clinical Prozac. Wow. Which I literally... I love cashews. Well, they prescribe it for depression. Wow. Hmm. In certain cultures, cashews are known as the antidepressants. Wow. But yet hmm. that's not taught here because it's easier to buy a handful, you know, a bag of cashew nuts for like five bucks, whereas these farmers make 15, 20, 30 bucks for the same amount of pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mum. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem. We We... We talk about spirituality as just being the mindfulness and the meditative mindset and the cognitive mindset. But the other aspect of being spiritual and more earthbound is the fact that we should be turning to alternative forms of medicine Mm -hmm. for every aspect of our life, for physical ailments, for mental ailments. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that medical and westernized medical science does not have its place it does it does like if your legs hanging off you go to a damn surgeon (laughs) all right if you have a break you go to a damn surgeon there's no healer on the planet who's going to restitch your bone marrow together i don't care how good they say they are or how much money that they cost Mm -hmm. there is a place for westernized medicine there's plenty of money being pumped in to save techniques to prolong our lives i'm not ever going to diss that yeah however what I am going to say is that they should not be making us reliant on pharmaceutical chemical compounds in order to feel better about ourselves. No, they when there's loads of natural ways out there, mindfulness, meditation, you know, a clean diet, yeah, yeah. good nutrition. Nutrition and mental and health go hand in hand. Mental support is, mm-hmm. I think, is the key. Mm-hmm. Form your own support groups. Jeez, mm-hmm. come into Shine Waves. We'll, we'll set one up for you. Yeah. Come in and just say, I want to, do a support group for people that suffer with anxiety or mental depression. Now, it's it's a big step to get these people out of their house and into that group, Uh but give them a safe space. Just those people knowing that such a space exists. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might take them a little bit to get out of their home to actually step into that space, but you know, that seed's planted. They're going to be thinking about it and eventually they will Mm -hmm. have that courage to come on into such a safe space and that's mm-hmm. the whole point right right it's about even at, um like i just got out of high school and to think of how there was help there mm-hmm. but it just wasn't as prioritized as it should have been yeah and, and high school high, high school into college and university is one of the cru- most crucial times in your life because you're planning your life career exactly yeah. and that's where you need the most support yeah my but now it becomes spirals in university college and i hear all there, these stories there's so many young people that i know of and i work with that go literally from high school university sort of mindset into so mental institutes yeah too many so too many like, but why? Why Why is there that much weight? There's no outlet There's always them. the next step that we have to get to, and I don't know why that is normalized. Because it's a, it's a well, it's a pre, it's a pre setup. You're, from the moment you're born, you're giving them a number, and you're a number in the rat race. Yeah. yeah. That's where we mess up. And you just got to keep you going know, up and up and, and up. And we can, we can go religious, job. we can go any variation. Like, when you're born, you're, you're automatically pre confirmed into a specific religious you ideology based on your certificate b- you're not real technically yeah you, do, you don't exist no it's illegal not to have one yes it's illegal to not be alive yeah think about that <laughs> that's so weird it's illegal think about to not that. be alive yeah. it's illegal not to be alive no but middle school high school like all these places they do have counseling don't get me wrong but the counselors are underfunded. They yeah, don't have the fundage. They don't. They don't have the techniques because they're underfunded they're, and undertrained. Uh, yeah, and I agree Precisely. with that. And they're overworked. Yeah, yeah, definitely overworked. Like, listen, we, we we can complain about teachers and you know the amount of money the teachers get and the amount of times that the, the teachers get off and all this stuff. You can complain about them people when they're in this this the school term. They work more hours out of school than they do in school. And that's never taken into consideration. Mm. The other aspect of it is their training is confusing to them. Because I know a lot of good people who are really good teachers who wanted to express in a different way and it was shut down instantly. Yeah, they have to go by the agenda. Now, I'm really lucky because there's actually a school coming in to do an event here uh, next month. So I can teach them mindfulness, meditation and different techniques. And I'm really delighted that that school sort of brought it up and said, okay, we want to give these kids an alternative way of expression and a safe place to do it. And that's, I'm adoring that we are finding a lot more schools are starting to bring in meditative techniques a lot more yoga techniques and breathing techniques and i'm delighted about that however the teachers themselves that are doing it are not trained 
properly exactly. in the process mm-hmm. so the kids aren't getting the full benefit. Yeah. I was never taught it. Mm-hmm. I was weird for wanting to do half the stuff I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm still looked upon like that, <laughs> being a freak. Yeah. I am. And that's okay. I, I'm comfortable because that's their persona. That's yeah. their mindset. I don't care. Yeah, and the thing you is, know? what's working what for you is working for you. you anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do me. Like, exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's actually up on our wall. Be you, do you, for you. Yeah. You know, I'd be myself for myself. And then that makes me better to be, you know, a father, a son, a brother. Yeah. You know, I, it makes, if I'm worrying about my mindset mm-hmm. and making sure that I'm doing it my way to come in, like I do not ever, ever come into this work with a negative mindset. I love coming into work. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love coming into it because it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. The other aspect of it is it's because I've done my daily devotionals or my prayers to my, my deities. Yes. I've done my uh, personal mind clearing before I come in here. So I do my mental work all the time. I do my self-energy healings. I do all that work before I come to work. Mm. I don't bring my problems into my workspace. So therefore, my brain doesn't associate the workspace as being an issue. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the key reasons why a lot of people cognitively set up. If they're coming home from work, and they know they've had a hard day at work, and they know work life's going to be, or home life's going to be bad. Oh, I have to do cooking, I have to make dinner, I have to tidy this up, I have this bill to sort out. I've, you know, you could have kids, you could have partners, you could have siblings that you have to care for. Yeah. You're going home with the mindset where the place where you should feel the safest and the full of sanctuary, it is your home. You're going in there with a bad mindset, you're going to hate home life. Mm-hmm. And it's about talking about it. And t- you know, different varying techniques to do. It's essentially a very simple job. One tiny thing after the other. Uh, yeah, it's baby it's steps. Tiny, it tiny, tiny step. And then making that a routine, doing something else that's really tiny that can make a big impact. In the but the routine run. has to be consistent. Yes. Yeah. You know, you can do a one day routine, you can do a two day routine. It has to be an everyday routine. Mm-hmm. If you want to feel better for you, so you can be the best person for the people around you. You have to be consistent in your own personal health, mental, nutrition, and physical. Yeah, you have to be happy and prioritize your happiness before you start trying to make other people happy. Because it's always just- You don't have the energy to do it. It's gonna come back at you and just hurt you 10 times more if you try to make other people happy. That's weird, isn't it? You're not even happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always say it's good to be self-full. Be so full of self that you overflow. And then yeah. that's what you give out to other people. Exactly. The overflow. Yeah. And we all take dips. Like I'm sure every person here takes dips. We all have our, our, our crap days, but learn from them. Why is it crap? What triggered you? What made you bad? What made you think the way you're thinking? What gave right. you that dip in your own self-esteem, self-worth? What gave you that dip Get in your own mental life? Get to the problem of it. Acknowledge it. Thank whatever deity or universe yeah. for it and go, okay, now I know that this is a trigger. I'm going to eradicate this trigger because, mm-hmm. it, you know, generally triggers, I'm not going to use the term silly, but they're, they're very insignificant in the pattern or the, in the consequence of the big picture. In the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. In the big picture. Yeah. No, you need to be your best friend. A lot of people don't know how to be their own best friend. They're looking for all these friends externally. And you need to be your own best friend. Yeah, you can't fill that void with external. No, you you need to. It's got to be from within. Yeah, you need to love taking yourself out. You need to love having those days in, and you just need to love you, because you're the person who's with yourself. Yeah, but dude, all through. Yeah, life. and I agree with everything you're saying. But how? It's not the how. It's the fact that you have to be. You have to find one part of your life to start this journey that yeah. makes you happy. It's one time. Should it be goal. a should it be playing a sport? If that makes you happy, go play it. Go mm-hmm. play it. Play it. Yeah. Because that starts the process. Mm-hmm. Then apply something else. Here's the thing that nobody ever talks about. And I'm going to say this because it's one of the key things where we get a sense of worth, self-worth, and worth within our communities is community work. Oh. When's the last time everybody, any person thought and in this space, let's go out and do something for the community because then the community, that'll make me feel good about me. Hmm. Nobody. No. But it's actually one of the most profound ways that we can actually feel better because mm-hmm. we find a self a, a piece of self-purpose. Yes. I've been looking into a program. I've actually emailed a couple of uh, charities through Shine Waves. Uh, and what I want to do is I want to replant trees oh, every time right. we hit a certain target on a day. Oh, 
So if we get a certain target, I want to purchase a tree for planting. And then I want to get the customers and the staff to go out and do a planting day. That'd be really nice. So that way we're giving back to the environment, we're helping our community, we're doing all of that. But the reason I'm doing that is because I know that all these businesses that take a lot of, how would you say, resources, like hydro and heating and all that stuff, to actually operate, Mm -hmm. don't give back to their local community. Mm -hmm. And what better way than to replant it and make it nicer and appear nicer with fresher air Mm -hmm. for the next generation. Yeah, I used to do that when I was younger, when I was um, getting high school hours so I could graduate. And there's so many programs, even before I went into high school, it was just so many yeah. programs that I, I I felt better, just like being able to help others and to help myself. Well, here's a random side fact. Going on a tangent, ladies, first one today, proud of myself. <laughs> there's actually a chemical released in uh, soil that when you're working it gives you serotonin and endorphin. I think it's called mycobalotolian or something. Something to that, but it's mycobalotolian or something to that effect. Guys, we're planting trees. So basically when you put your hands in the dirt, get your hands down and dirty, it actually forces your body to release serotonin and dopamine. So planting your own garden, caring for your own garden and digging up your own garden is actually mental health. You hear that, people? Yeah. All of you guys who became plant parents over the past two years, you were doing yourself something good. Yeah, but mm-hmm. not many people. I'll actually, I'm going to look it up. Talk away. I'm going to look up the actual uh, chemical that's it's produced, cool. what the chemical is. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of uh, ironic as I was looking. Um, I was looking into mental health techniques. Um, and it just, it sort of, I think it was in Science Daily or something it came across, and it really blew my mind. I get a lot get of things that science stuff that blows my mind recently, I'm just saying. <laughs> and I'm not saying it because it's very clinically scientific, I'm saying because it's, you know, a lot of the studies I'm doing are showing the effects of mindfulness yes. and all these sort of things, so mm-hmm. it's really profound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to see that more studies are being conducted around Oh, there's so many right now. It's right? crazy. I have, I've, um, I, I generally pick out the ones that are really, that, you know, spark my interest. Mm-hmm. But I have a list of about 700 studies that I'm looking through oh right my now. <laughs> just 700. <laughs> no, but that's just in one area of mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's really weird. Um, yeah, staying connected to just nature everything yeah I'm trying to so many people are disconnected not even knowing where their food's coming from where their water's really coming from like just to actually go into nature whether you're taking a walk walking your dog literally just standing outside your door for a second and just doing some people watching as they say like walking meditation is what got me through the first year of COVID yeah it's called Macobacterium Vasai and it's a study that is currently understood uh, it's a substance that's currently under study and has been found to mirror the effects of neurons like drugs uh, Prozac provide. The bacteria is found in soil and stimulates serotonin production, which makes you relaxed and happier and is known as a natural antidepressant. Mycobacterium vasi, people. Huh? Yeah, and this is the thing. There's so many... Go uh, play with your gardens. So many remedies in nature that we don't even know about well, because it's so westernized that we need well it's not westernized things. westernized medicine comes from plant her- yeah, herbs it, it comes from the natives it comes from you know the old techniques mm. and that's where a lot of people go well big pharma done this big pharma just copied recipes that have been around for tens of thousands and, of yeah, years and, just put and the then price. monetarized it yeah random yeah. side note did you know that there's a vaccine for cancer in the uk that they're traveling what yeah there's actually a vaccine for that. Is they're, it for a specific? Um, this guy, I, I can't remember um, the whole aspect. I just thought it would come into my head yeah. because obviously cancer can happen in the natural world as well as the physical body. Yeah. But the, there's a vaccine that the, this guy who continually gets um, cancer tumors on his neck and uh, spine. Interesting. And they're actually testing this um, vaccine, so that could be something coming up, folks. Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I also heard. But here's that a, here's another thing: turmeric's been known to do that for decades. Oh, that I also, already knew. <laughs> uh, daisies, the weeds don't. Isn't there? Daisies some, aren't weeds. There is some weeds that but, I. But daisies aren't weeds. 
no dandelions aren't weeds either here's the no, thing I know this but that's he, what they're he, referred to they're yeah. referred to as something because they, they're massive yeah. do you know the biggest weed on this planet get rid of them, but they actually do help they I heard that they have something in them that can actually so help sunf- sunflowers uh, dandelions dandelion is so good for the body mm-hmm. on every level plus for tea. it's really good mm-hmm. for the yeah. chemical composition of your lower intestine it's actually really good if it's made into a cream or salve as oh. a natural um uh, sting remover so like okay. uh, think of like poison ivy and yeah. that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and it's actually got uv block built into it so it's actually a good skin deflector for uv okay. and that's a weed that's what we classify as weed we pull these out by the millions every year and do because they're big and everybody i hate them they're so good for no, you so if you see a field of them people's going to cut them out take them start making your own stuff yeah, yeah. um yeah, the same as uh, as you were saying daisies daisies have got massive uh, clinical yeah. applications but do you think everything like that with everything in nature everything can heal us it's just because we're not knowledgeable about what can heal us go to your local native reserve yeah go to the local mm-hmm. shamanic healer yeah. they will educate you and everything you need to know there's plenty of books out there in shamanic healing mm-hmm. and when we talk when we when we use that term shaman a shaman is somebody who's connected with the ancestors of spirit and ancestors of blood mm-hmm. um, but shamanic practice is the use of herbs and medicinals to actually heal the body syngomanism is another one um palisand or palamayamba is another one so you have all these different aspects that actually have ancient roots that actually heal you quite quickly mm-hmm. without the pharmaceutical chemical side effects yeah and what a because uh, one of the biggest problems i have most people who are on antidepressants and stuff like that have so many side, side effects of yeah. it like bloating it and makes them more depressed most of the time not really it just means that they need another pill to counteract the chemical reaction of the first pill they took. Mm. And then another pill to counteract the chemical reaction. Uh, again, yeah. I just want to point it out for the sake of this podcast that it's not, I'm not dissing no. westernized medicine or the pharmaceuticals. Uh, go and see a doctor. Don't Definitely. be afraid. You know, they're they're literally trained their life get to help. Yeah. yeah. Don't get diagnosis from some, you know, I don't even know how to boil knowledge. Some spiritualist in some little back alley. Don't even come here. I always say to my clients, this is what I feel you need, but go and see a doctor to clarify it. Go and get tested. Go get your blood done. Doctors are required. Mm -hmm. They do good jobs, especially through this pandemic. These guys were working way too much for way little pill, and then they were screwed over halfway through it, which really annoyed me. Mm -hmm. The other aspect of it is they are paid to know your body better than you. Right, so don't be afraid to use them. I'm not saying I'm not dissing Westernized medicine. I'm saying broaden your knowledge. Broaden, yeah, definitely. Know what plants are around you. Know what's in your own gardens, because a lot of the stuff yeah. that's in there it's make amazing the teas yeah. and are really good, for, you know, for antioxidants and uh, gut health and even natural bacteria. So there's mm-hmm. plenty out there. Just start to investigate a bit more. It's one yeah. of the first things that I was taught uh, with one of my mentors is know the plants around your own house, so then you know what you need and what you can use. And it's amazing what the amount of how would you say differing products you can make from four or five plants that are around your house mm-hmm. if you know it? So go, you know, research shamanic. I actually follow yeah. a forager. She's in the U.S. somewhere, but she's the most exhilarating person to follow on Instagram. The, the mm-hmm. fungus forager. Uh, that's another one. So yeah. there's the fungus forager, the black forager, and then there's another one. And it's just interesting. Like they'll just be walking down the street or walking along the shoreline somewhere, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And they point out. They point out like either like I had no idea there were so many species of mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, there's Holy a lot. I was actually Bob the Buddha was showing me a documentary of mushrooms and how on they were Netflix? all connected all across the world. There was oh, one on yes. Netflix too. I ended up watching after I saw the I think foragers on Instagram. I was like, okay, I need to learn more. Clearly, I need to learn more. Yeah, but it's crazy the amount of stuff that's out yeah. there. That that as I say, if we go for a painkiller, we're automatically assume we go straight to like. You know, Advil, acetaminophen, yeah. yeah. ibuprofen. We go straight to these baseline things without even knowing what's around mm-hmm. us that can actually heal it. Toothaches is the biggest from. one. Toothaches is the biggest one. Yeah, and the biggest thing too is we're natural bodies. Why not put natural things in this natural body? Well, there is chemical byproducts in their natural body. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, don't ignore Westernized medicine. Mm-hmm. Some some people literally need that as a wee boost to get them started. But yes. just just. Uh, have the side knowledge as well, because there yeah, is a lot of benefits exactly. from nature, but there can be benefits from big pharma. It yeah, just well, depends on what know, you're going through. When we go back into the, you know, 
to the point of this, which is the spiritual aspect of mental health. Mm-hmm. When you go into mental health and you look at the mental health and you look at the products and the byproducts that the body actually produces, you can get that from natural products like mm-hmm. cashew nuts. Mm-hmm. Like from breathing properly can literally improve your mental health. Yes. Yeah. Shallow breathing causes depression. So if you get into, if you're palpative and anxiety and you shallow breathe, you're actually causing worse depression. Learn to breathe. Breathe like a newborn baby. Breathe like you've never done it before. It's crazy, but yep. I think we should get a shaman in here for a chat. That'd be we nice. Because there's a great one up in the Oshwagan Reserve. He runs a uh, place called Ancestral Voices and he does all the natural herb teas and oh, all that sort of stuff yeah. and I would love to get him in because I've worked with him uh, a couple of times before That'd and be he is just phenomenal or if anybody's listening and they are a natural uh, sort of shamanic practice and they do have authentic recipes not something you read on Google people <laughs> but I want you know authentic training and authentic yes. aspects well, you know reach out to us yeah you know what info.shinewavespiritual at gmail.com go on Instagram we have a link tree on there with links as to everything yes and then drop us a line just say okay let's go let's go let's go let's do this yeah if you just search up shine waves I will talk in podcasts for hours people if I'm interested absolutely if I'm interested and I'm intrigued I will talk for hours on that subject hours look at them making me feel like I talk you are the definition of tangent but we do enjoy them they're very educational but tangents how you learn. Yep, precisely. And they also the tangents also show you how everything is linked. Yeah. Ta ba That's a mic <laughs> drop right there. <laughs> yeah. Everything is linked through tangents. Yeah. Rabbit holes are the best thing you can ever go through. Love a good rabbit hole. Like when you think about mm-hmm. it, literally everything. You just linked. diss me about my tangent rabbit holes. No, I said I like them. They're educational. Okay. okay. Your Somebody wasn't TV. listening. I was hearing without hearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> By definition, we're back to the start of the podcast. Right. <laughs> Hear without hearing, listen without listening. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, we need to get some more guests. And I know we're going to get one, uh, Louisa, who's going to do our sign, sign journey experience. She's going to come in and do a podcast with us to explain what she does for, I think it's the last week in April, April 30th. April 30th. It's going to be epic. Sign baths and Tulfa. Ticketed event. Toltec singing. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited. I'm actually going to buy tickets for myself and the boss. Um, I'm really going to look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, then we have experiencing anything like that. Yeah. Neil wants to do another uh, podcast with us to elaborate a wee bit more on what nice. we've done because we only touched on that, and I find that fascinating. That whole podcast. Um, we have another lady who is going to be doing an event in May. Helen Peacock, spiritual medium, she's well known. Mm-hmm. So um, Helen's going to come in and do one with us as well. Yeah. So that's we got some stuff coming up. Yeah. Catch you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.